Welcome to Growing Bolder, a new podcast that celebrates the wonderful ways people are living life after 50. I'm your host, Inda Robson, and over the next six episodes, I'll be chatting to people who have all found a new lease of life, pursuing inspiring and entertaining passions and pastimes. This podcast is brought to you by Zesty Life, life insurance for the over 50s without the weight, so you can get on with something more interesting. Rockwell, 70-year-old businessman from the UK, set out to raise a million pound for Alzheimer's Research UK by taking on the world's toughest role, the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge, which he completed unassisted in February after spending 56 days at sea solo. Frank has been recognised for his outstanding charitable work and he is certainly no stranger to a challenge. With his previous expeditions, including climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, sailing South America and being left to brave the elements for Channel 4's The Island with Bear Grylls. Frank, I'm delighted to have you on Growing Boulder. Thanks for joining us this morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me to do this. Oh, you're very welcome. We're very excited about having you on and talking to us about all your amazing challenges. So, Frank, for those of us that don't know, myself included, what is the Talisker Whiskey Challenge? The Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge is a rowing race across the Atlantic Ocean, and it goes from Lagomora in uh, the Canary Islands all the way to Antigua, and it goes every year in the middle of uh, December. Now, you're 70 years old, you're no spring chicken, Tell me what sort of exercise or what you have to do before you go on one of these long rows. Okay, the, the, the training for the rowing starts about 18 months before. Uh, you've got to start getting uh, getting your body it, it's strong and flexible. The idea is it must must be flexible because the boat rocks from side to side, up and down, around all the time, so you must have a strong core. So the, the, the whole exercise routine is built on flexibility and muscle strength as well. And how old were you when you first started rowing, Frank? first time I started rowing was when I was 69. Apart from going to Scarborough and um, going for a row on Pease Own Park, which I've loved and done that since I was a little lad. Since I was eight or nine years old, I love rowing around there. And that's the only rowing I've done is in the Park Lake. I'd never been on the on the ocean, on the sea in a rowing boat before. How does it feel, Frank, to be dubbed the oldest person to complete this challenge? I'm the, I'm the oldest person to complete it unassisted. I had no assistance at all. From, went from harbour to harbour. And uh, apart from radio, talking to people on the radio, I had no assistance at all. So I'm the oldest person to do it like that. And Frank, why the Alzheimer's Society? My intention was not to really raise money for a charity. It just wasn't in my mind. What was in my mind was actually taking on this mega challenge. And then once I'd got myself entered, I realised that a lot of other competitors were actually raising money for a charity. So I, I thought, well, which charity should I support? And, and start thinking about who I know is affected by what disease and who needs support. And I start thinking, well, we're an ageing society now. I have more and more friends who are affected by Alzheimer's, they may not have it. It may be the spouse or the father or the mother or or, or somebody else who's got it. And uh, I thought, does I didn't know that there was any cure or anything they could do about it. So I then decided, yeah, I will raise money for Alzheimer's. How does your wife feel when you set off on one of these challenges? 
I've been married 50 years to my darling wife, Judith, and we, I've done a number of things, and she, she knows that uh, my, my capabilities, and she she's very confident that I wouldn't take on something that I couldn't do or she wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be able to handle. Obviously, she doesn't want me to go where I was over a couple of tears both ways. You know, I'm, I'm a very softy sort of bloke, very home-loving bloke. Obviously, you know, I have to make it to her slowly. I've got something in mind. Then I, I try to make it think it's her idea. And, the, and then, uh, and then she, she, she fell in line with this one. I didn't think she would let me go because it was such a, it seems so lonely, so such a long one. But uh, she said, yeah, okay. And are you able to keep in touch with her when you're away? I'll answer that question differently. Uh, when I was on the uh, a TV program called The Island with Burr Grills, and for that, we're, we did not have contact for five weeks. I found that really hard, not speaking to Judith for five weeks, extremely hard. There was mega tears when we when eventually we spoke. But um, the with this... I was able to phone her up in the morning. Went, I woke her up in the morning, and then at night when she was ready for going to bed, I always made sure that I was available at quarter past ten to, uh, to, to speak to her and wish her all the best. What about your grandchildren? They must be very proud of you. How old are they? Uh, seven, eight, and nine. And, uh, yeah, they, they came out to see me finish, and that was brilliant to see them when you know, waving, shouting, Grandad, Grandad, you know. And I, 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 something I should tell you is that we're all proud of our children. No matter what they achieve in life, you know, we're all very proud of them and they they do something special and you want to tell people about it. But my son said, you know, he says, I'm as proud of you as Johnny Wilkinson's dad was when Johnny Wilkinson scored that uh, goal, which won the England the Rugby World Cup. You know, he says, Dad, I'm so proud of you, you know. And, and it's not normal for children to be proud of the parents. You know, they like them, they love them and all that, but to actually be proud of something they've achieved. And I got a real buzz out of that, you know. And what advice would you give to someone that's thinking of taking on a challenge like yours, much like later on in life? We all have things we'd like to do. We might not have written it down, we might not have told anybody, but we all have our own little bucket list, the things we would like to do. And we put that bucket list in our mind, but because it's so expensive, or usually cost is a thing, so expensive to do, we we don't achieve them. Well, what I'd like people to do is to change that bucket list and change it to a challenge list. Simple things that you can do. Something you will do regularly. Go go out for a walk and go on a route and try and go a little bit faster every time. Or join a society and do something specific for that society or, or club and raising funds or awareness or doing something with them. Change your bucket list into a challenge list. That's what I'd like people to do. So what's left on your bucket list? Well, I've got two things on my bucket list. The first one is to uh, row the Atlantic again in 2023. Do the family know yet? <laughs> um, yes, Judith said, she says, I knew. She says, I knew before you set off that when you get when you got off, you said, I want to do it again because I can do it faster. And uh, <laughs> so I, I want me, on my bucket list is to do it in under 50 days. Uh, and that will be significant. And because of my experience now and um, knowing what to expect and knowing what strengths required and, uh, and that type of thing, I'm, I think I can do it in, uh, in under 50 days next time. So I'm going to set off on the 20th of January, 2023. Oh, or a couple of days later than that. That's the earliest I'm going to set off is the 20th. So I can... I can wait until the weather is just right and then I can set off and get the first two weeks of favourable weather. 
it must be really lonely sometimes, Frank, when you're there on your boat for that amount of time. Oh, yeah, but it's really boring because you roll, you roll, you roll. You see waves and waves and you roll and it's waves and it's roll and it's waves and it's roll and waves all day long. And is it cold, Frank? To row across the Atlantic, it's, it's not cold because we set off from Lagomora in the Canary Islands, uh, where it's about 20-odd degrees, and we're going to the um, Antigua in the Caribbean, where it's like 30-odd degrees. But the sea temperature is what controls that, and the sea temperature is about 25 or 26 degrees all the time. So you, you never get cold, cold. You get a bit of a shiver at night because the, the temperature changes as much as 10 degrees during the day and night. So when, when you're in bed, you do feel a bit of a chill then, so you have to cover yourself up. But uh, I never felt cold. And you don't get seasick. A couple of times when I've been on a boat, I've had really bad seasickness. Well, if if you're going to be seasick on any boat, it will definitely be these little rowing boats because they are, they are so light. The idea is that they're so light so that um, you don't have to pull more weight than you need to do. And because of that, they, they go over every ripple and every wave and they go backwards and forwards, left and right, up and down all the time. You're twisting and moving all the time and you've got to have spent a lot of time training your core, strengthening your core so you can do this flexing about and moving about all the time. Fortunately for me, I never, never felt seasick. I've never been seasick at all uh, in my life. And uh, and I don't know why, but um, it's lucky for me, but most people tend to be seasick on, this, on those trips. And how many hours do you row for every day? Well, fantastic question. The, the amount of hours that you row every day, it changes, uh, changes to, to your mood, your fitness, the, the weather and the like. Initially, I thought I was going to be able to row two or three hours without a rest. And when I started doing it, I could only do three quarters of an hour. And then I had to have a 20-minute rest and another three quarters of an hour. And as the, as time went on, I was able to build that up to uh, two or three hours um, before I needed, needed a rest. So in a day, I used to row between eight and uh, 12 hours a day. But before I set off, I'd intended rowing for 14, but I couldn't manage it. Was there ever a time when you thought, I can't do this, I'm going to have to turn around? Never once when I was doing it or when I was training did I doubt that I would be able to do it. Because I've done like 80,000 miles of uh, sailing, I knew what to expect. I've been across the Atlantic three times before in that particular month. In a, in a yacht so I knew what, what, what waves to expect what the how often it was going to rain was there going to be lightning the most scary thing at sea is when you're in a little boat and it starts thunder and lightning oh that is scary fortunately it didn't happen this time sometimes you get a lot of thunder sometimes you get none tell us a little bit more about Bear Grylls what made you want to go on to the show well, first of all, there was an advertisement in the Oldham Chronicle, which uh, at that time was a, a nightly newspaper in Old, Oldham. The Oldham Chronicle was desperate for news items, you know, so they, they were picking up anything that was sent to them. And, and they got um, a press release off from the Bear Grylls camp saying that Bear Grylls was looking for somebody from Oldham to come with him on the island. So I thought... Well, why Oldham? You know, I thought, well, maybe it's because of accents. Because well, once you get south of um, south of Birmingham, everybody sounds the same, apart from you, Linda. Um, <laughs> everybody sounds 
everybody sounds the same. So I thought maybe they want to bring some character into it through voices, you know. They said, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to uh, send in an email. So I send in the email, and then within 10 minutes, I get the standard email there. Unfortunately, this, this time we've been overwhelmed by applicants, blah, blah, blah. Thank you very much for emailing us. And then... I get another email back saying, oh, we've, we've seen your email. Uh, can you send us a one-minute selfie of yourself? Just talk about anything. So, <laughs> well, I've never done a selfie before. So I said, well, I said, so Miss Selfie says, I've never done one of these before. They've had to show me how to do it at office. But I says, you won't choose me because I'm not numb enough. You always have numpties on these shows. So I says, you won't be having me. I can look after myself. I can do things, you know. So I, I took the mickey out of them and I, I, I challenged them really to, to choose me. Anyway, within uh, half an hour, somebody phoned me up and gave me a five-minute interview on the phone. And she, and she asked me, Kay asked me, why? I said, well, I says, you can't buy this. I said, if you want to, I said, to go and be on some deserted island somewhere with a group of people and be, it'd be done safely. I said, you can't buy that. I said, this is priceless. This is what I'm going doing for. So anyway, I got recruited. 79,000 people applied, and I was the first one that they recruited. I got the contract like a fortnight before everybody else. So uh, I was really chuffed with that. And tell us what it was like. On, on the island? Well, well, first of all, when I was on the island, they, they, what they did, they put old people and young people in two separate groups on two separate islands that were linked by uh, something that you could, the water just about deep enough for you to wade through at low tide. So the, the old ones, we, we got there, and um, I'm a person that can do things, you know. So we have training before, you know, you, you don't just throw on the island. They just go through a lot of survival training and safety training, and that's really first class of training, it's first class. So anyway, they drop us off, and I was the person who lit the fire, managed to rub two sticks together fast enough to, to, to create a fire. And then eventually, we after a few days, we meet up with the younger ones, and then there was conflict between the younger ones and the older ones. The younger ones treating it as a holiday where the older ones tended to be doing things and, and thinking about uh, how we can support ourselves. And if they were... If the young ones weren't catching fish, on day one they caught three fish. They got praised for that, for catching three fish, even though they were small ones. So then every day when they went out, they went out and they only brought back three fish. Not, oh, we can catch ten today. have you found lockdown what have you done that keeps you sane during lockdown i do other things i've got um uh, two steam engines which i've built from scratch they're within 100 yards of my house in, in storage because um my wife wouldn't let me keep them outside one of them I, I, I took the steam engine out of one of my engines and i put it in a land rover so now i've got the only steam powered land rover in the world the only one that fired up with coal and the bbc came and filmed me for that and they had two million hits on the website after me after them filming me doing that now i've got a new project and i'm going to build a steam traction engine from scratch a full size one and i've got all the castings i need i've got uh, all the boilers been made by somebody else because that's a specialized job and i've got all the machine tools in my garage i've got a big lathe and a small lathe and a milling machine and drilling machine to start manufacturing this um, this steam traction engine something that was built in about about 1905 but it's a full size one and what are you going to do with it frank 
I'm going to be one of those boring old blokes who drives it up and down the streets, stopping <laughs> all the traffic, going, do, 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 do. <laughs> well, Frank, if I'm ever stuck on an island, I want to make sure it's with you. Thanks again so much for joining us today and sharing your incredible story. That's all we have time for, but it really has been a pleasure and an honour. Honestly, Frank, I've loved every minute of it and your inspiration, and you really are. Rowan Boulder has been brought to you by Zesty Life, the only over 50s life insurance provider with no waiting period. So what are you waiting for? Get your life insurance sorted out so you can get on with something more interesting. Visit ZestyLife.com or call the team for free on 0800 15 22190 to get covered in minutes. I'll see you next week along with Lynn Ruth Miller, the outstanding comedian who took up stand-up in her 70s and is still on the circuit now at 86. 